Karen the Lord podcast. We have Peggy Green with us today, the grief specialist. Thank you, Peggy, for joining us. Yeah, Annette, I'm so excited to be here today. And thank you for this opportunity to share my message with your listeners. We all will benefit from this today. So thank you. I want to share with you Peggy's bio. She is a health and wellness enthusiast who helps mothers process the loss of a child so they can enjoy time with family and find happiness. After the loss of her second child, she discovered she was helping others in their grief. Peggy started as a grief coach, utilizing the tools and resources Mm -hmm. she gained over a lifetime in overcoming adversity, trauma, and loss. Peggy is a mother of four children, two in heaven, and two grown girls. She lives in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Peggy brings together her degrees in business marketing and exercise science to help her clients gain insight and behavior that impacts their health. She earned her marketing degree from the University of Colorado at Denver. After having four children, she earned her exercise science degree as an older adult and started helping others. Along with her degrees, she held certification as a wellness coach and multiple personal trainers certificates. American College of Sports Medicine, National Academy of Sports Medicine. She practiced as a wellness coach and personal trainer for 12 years. She guided clients to sustainable lifestyle changes in the areas of smoking cessation, sleep patterns, exercise, nutrition, conscious and subconscious thinking. She develops customized plans to set individuals up for success. She works with them one-on-one and in small groups. Peggy is a Colorado native who loves the outdoors. During the warm weather, you may find her hiking, running, camping, playing pickleball, or (laughs) romping with her dogs. Family is top priority along with her relationship with God. And just on a side note, she has donated over 12 gallons of blood just because. Welcome, Peggy. (laughs) Thank you. You know, when you look at your overall bio, and as I'm reading this and going over, your life has been surrounded with helping others and this wellness and this process of, of moving forward and finding joy in your life amidst the trials. I just am thrilled to have you here and thank you so, so much. You know, we've been talking for a little bit. I understand to a degree because my, my heart has that, that spot that is reserved for my, my son that's in heaven. And, and it's hard to explain that feeling as mothers to others unless you have experienced that. But today, I feel like we can share a portion of our heart. I feel like we can give some insight in how it is possible to have joy and continue on living, even though we have have children that have gone before. Now, we're going to talk about suicide today. Um mm-hmm. That is a difficult topic, I feel like, but one that we need to talk more openly about. This is something that is um, 
part of mental illness, part of feeling like we're not enough. And too many people suffer from thoughts of suicide and that hopelessness. And, and we're here to help. We're here to help, help us understand what's going on in, in, in the process, but also how we can help those who have experienced the loss due to suicide. Yeah. Thank you. Suicide's definitely um, a a unique type of loss and a unique type of passing. I remember as, as a youth, um, I was 16 I start hearing the sirens. I'm out at the neighbors, my next door neighbor's pool. And, and I just thought, Oh no, you know, and I thought, what, what's going on? And I, I went and got my bike and I ran, rode the bike around the block to see what was going on. And, and there was a man that I loved that, and his, his wife was kneeling there on the grass, just holding him. And he had taken his life and I will never, forget what I felt that day and what I felt for her, what I saw and, um, and the pain, the pain of so many. And I think that so often we don't know how to offer that comfort and that hope. What is a tip? What is something that you can offer to those who have someone close to them? who has lost a child to suicide. Yeah, you know, and, uh, and there was so many things that you said in there, but one of the things, as I mentioned earlier, is that suicide is just a really unique type of loss. And, and it's so unique because it's a choice. And that person who's taken their life is has made that choice to end, end their life. Now, so many times that's because of some mental illnesses that are going on, but it's still that choice regardless. And that's what makes it so unique and so difficult for somebody who is, you know, bereaved by suicide or suicide loss survivor. And to help that person understand, because I think guilt is one of the biggest things that overcome those who are left behind. That they feel guilty for not seeing the signs or the symptoms or preventing it, answering a phone call, responding to a text, being there, getting them help. The list can go on and on and on, but that guilt can be overwhelming. And my son took his life about two and a half years ago, and that was one of the things that I had to work through. I, I worked through it by bringing in some tools and resources that really makes some sense to me. And really, I like to call this like the four C's. Part of this comes from 12-step programs because my kids were in 12-step programs and I attended those as as their parent Mm -hmm. to understand what they were going through. But I've added one to that. So the first one is you can't cure. You can't Mm -hmm. cure the problems that they're having. So C, you didn't cause them to choose to take their life. You know, you didn't push that button. They made that choice, cause, cure, or control. You can't control them. Um, You know, we're not the ones that did that act. 
And then finally, that C, last C is it was, again, by choice that they chose to do this. We may not be happy with that choice, but we can't cause cure or control those because otherwise people wouldn't be taking their lives. And the thing is, is that we don't have that superpower to predict when this is going to happen or when there's going to be that thing that usually is the final thing that breaks them. And when they they say enough is enough and and understanding that most of those who choose to take their life have demons sitting on their shoulders and that they are in pain. That can be physical pain. It can be emotional, spiritual pain, whatever it is, is that they have a pain that they don't see any way of alleviating, getting rid of. And that is their choice to say, you know what? I would rather, I don't want to end my life. That's not the ultimate goal. The goal is to end the pain. But the only way to get rid of that pain is to end their life. So I think helping them to understand a little bit about that act of suicide is beneficial in helping them. So that's just one thing that I can offer at this point. That one thing that you just offered is so valuable. When you think about pain and you think about the suffering, that it's not just that one minute or second that they're feeling that pain. It's a often a lifetime of pain is so monumental. They're, they just feel that there's no other way. And when I look at things and I look at, at this choice, but I look at it differently because you're, you just taught me about why they did it. It was out of the pain. It wasn't to end the life. It was to end the pain. It changes the way I feel. When I look at that, there's a, there's a better understanding of what the parents and the, the siblings or the spouse or the children are also feeling at this time. And, and if they can embrace those four C's and, and help to understand, that would help them understand, I think, and go through this process of grieving. It's like taking away that superpower of the parent that they could have cured it or could have controlled it. You know, we're good, but we're not that good. We couldn't have done that. And we and we hope and it's that responsibility that we feel as a parent to protect our children and know everything that's going on. And we don't because we don't have the capabilities of Star Trek and Spock to do a mind meld where we can read their minds. Because how many stories have I heard in which two people were together laughing and being happy and 20 minutes later? One person chooses to end it all because they have it all just bubbling up. So we just can't control that. And it's something that we need to recognize that we really can't control anything. Absolutely. Else. And, that's, and that's hard as I know that um, so much of what you do is helping grieving mothers. And as a mother... <laughs> We feel like it's our job. It's our responsibility to fix, to fix them. You know, life is here to experience. 
and to figure out those things. And so we just have to give ourselves a break that we are doing the best we can. And it's not, it's not your fault if you can't stop something like this. It's not. And, and I think you really hit on something is because a lot of people will look back and go, oh, I should have answered that text or answered that phone call or something. And that's all hindsight's twenty twenty, And, um, you know, it's something that we want to be able to, to control, but we, but we can't. And we have to realize that we were doing the best with the knowledge and the information that we had at that moment and at that time you know, um, is that, again, having having that magic ball that we could forecast the future, we can't. So giving yourself credit, I think, is really important, too, is to give yourself credit that you are where you are, where you meant to be at that time and doing the best that you can. Giving yourself, acknowledging that and not being willing to accept that guilt. So with my son, he did take his own life and one of the things, like I said, it was his choice, but I also know that as he took responsibility for the actions that he, and the decisions that he made, and mm-hmm. even though there was most likely some sort of mental challenge going on with those demons, I also have to give him that responsibility and say, yes, he made that choice and made that decision, and I didn't force him to do it. So it's really taking that guilt and stop trying to take ownership of their activity. Just like if you're bringing a young child up and and if they do something, they pay the consequences. I mean, this is much more severe consequences of their decision, but I don't feel guilty if my child spills milk on the floor and I ask them to clean it up, letting them take ownership of that. Again, it's much more severe, but it's the same principle. And when we start to take that ownership of it, then I even suggest people write on an index card and post them in a couple of different places. Cannot cure, did not cause, cannot control. They made their choice. When they start to feel guilty and that negative thought and emotion goes through their head, they can look at that card wherever it is and go, oh, yeah, because it's all about changing our thought patterns. It doesn't happen immediately. You know, I can tell you not to be guilty and not feel guilty about it. But until you practice that in changing your thought pattern, it's not going to happen. So it does take intentional work. Which I appreciate you bringing that up, that the intentional work and then also that it doesn't happen immediately. Well, let me ask you this question. In, In your work and in helping others, can you say there is a specific timetable? You will be over this part of the grief process at this point. Or is it just, does it just happen as it happens? There's no formula. It's being, um, doing the intentional work. It's being open to healing. That will definitely shorten the really severe grief and loss, but it's a journey that continues. I mean, my first loss was nearly 30 years ago. And so I still grieve for my daughter. However, the roller coaster, the ups and downs are leveled out. 
and the intensity is less and the time in between those really sad moments is much longer. And it's being open to it and then really how we respond to it. And I think we talked a little bit about this before we got started. And it's our our choice. Like I said, those who take their lives make a choice. But those of us who are left also make a choice in how we respond to this. I I remember specifically a conversation I had with um, someone who lived near our home where before we moved here to Highland. And one day I was I was on a walk. Well, it's happened to me twice. Once I was at a grocery store and another day I was out exercising and was stopped by two different individuals. And I I got, are you over it yet? And I just was like, am I over it yet? Wow. And, you know, and I, it was so taken back. And the other was, you're living a lie. I'm like, what do you mean I'm living a lie? Well, you're happy. You smile. I've heard you laugh. And I, I still remember as plain as day, I said, it's a choice I made. I made a choice to be happy, to find joy. I made a choice. I said, you don't see the times that I'm really sad or I'm really, you know, I'm crying or you don't see all of the in-betweens, but it's a choice. I want to find joy in my life. I have so much to be grateful for and happy for. Do I miss and am I grieving my son? Yes. But it's a choice to continue to live. And so I completely believe and and with what you said, because I can look at her life and I look at my life and she hasn't progressed mm-hmm. in her life where she did lose a child as well because of that choice that she needed to grieve and for her grieving meant she couldn't be happy and find joy. Absolutely. And, you know, there's different levels of that choice. And I have heard in, in my practice and working with people is that um, somebody may say, I can't ever get over this loss. I won't ever get over this loss. Mm-hmm. My heart goes out to them because they are experiencing a loss, not only for those who have died, but they're losing themselves. So when they lose themselves, then they're losing the relationships that they have, which may be a spouse or work or children or family. And saying those words, and again, it's that mental mindset of that I can't. If you if you tell yourself you can't, then you won't. And if you say I can, then you will. And it's not easy. It takes work. And in where we are today in the whole society thing, it takes some support to be able to make it to that point. Having somebody walk alongside you that's been in that same journey that they can actually help you. So I work with people. I ask them, it's like, what is your thought? Do you feel that you can? And what do you want out of the rest of your life? And that's an incredible question. And often I would imagine they might not know 
uh, they might not have an answer to what they want out of the rest of their life. But it's something to think about. It's something to ponder and then to come back if they didn't have an answer. And then, okay, this is what I want the rest of my life to look like. And that's exactly what I had to do. I looked at my life. What did I want it to look like? And it was that choice to work through, to continue to work. Like you mentioned, it it is never something that you don't feel again. You know, it'll come up, it'll different things, but the length of time, the severity, all those things are softened a little bit. I look at who I've become. I look at my relationships with others and how much I treasure. I, I mean, I feel like I always treasured people and I was grateful for their, their love and their friendship and my family. But now they really are this beautiful, beautiful, sacred gift that I don't know that I would really look at and have those feelings had I not gone through this this process of of grief, you know, and, and thinking about that, I think what has grief taught you about yourself? Oh gosh, you know what? Um, and that, because I've experienced so much, I've learned so much really about myself. And you know, my son took his life, and I wrote a book. I wrote a book. It's Life After Child Loss, The Mother Survival Guide to Cope and Find Joy. I never thought about writing a book prior to this happening. So I've become an author and that has risen out of this because now I'm helping others in their grief process. I have been doing grief coaching. This just adds on to the other type of coaching that I've been doing for years and and bringing my whole concept of how I've dealt with the multiple losses to children and both parents and a sibling, nieces and nephews, to a variety of of causes anywhere from accident to cancer to natural causes to suicide. So I bring together all of my resources so I'm helping others. And it's very cathartic. I think we even talked Mm -hmm. about this is that teachers keep on teaching and healers keep on healing. And so by helping others, I am helping myself. And that's even one of the tools I suggest to those who are grieving. And it doesn't have to be as severe or as big as writing a book, becoming a grief coach or public speaking. It can be shoveling the sidewalk for your neighbor. It can be giving somebody a smile and taking yourself the focus off you and helping others. So I just, I have grown exponentially because I feel that this mission of helping other grieving moms has been placed on me by God. And also I believe that it's been placed on me through my son, Connor, because when we realize what's happened, it's, it's, it is definitely a tragedy. I'm here to help those in the aftermath because I'm there. And so I've just learned that I can help others in this time. And my first loss 30 years ago, I didn't have support. I had my mom and my sister and maybe a couple mm-hmm. friends, but these other resources weren't available. 
fast forward 28 years and now I have gained all these resources and I'm not keeping them for myself. That's where I give others that help because I know it worked for me. It's 100% responsible for me being able to do the things that I've done. And I keep on learning and I love it. Would I want my family members back? Absolutely. But I've grown because of it and made that choice to do something with my tragedies. That's beautiful. And and I can see that in in your face and in your eyes. And and really that's that's why we created care on the load is to help others carry their load by showing them that someone's been there before. There are tools, there are resources, there there are things that can help you that you're not meant to be alone. You're not meant to do this alone. And and I'm so grateful in today's society, we're getting more open about talking, about sharing our feelings. We're not just sweeping things under the rug anymore. We are sharing and saying, I need some help. I, I saw a post yesterday, and this is a little tangent here, but it just popped into my mind. And a friend of mine, she and her husband were on a flight and they, it was the first time they had been flying in a while. And there was such turbulence, like never, they had never felt this turbulence before. And there was this kid, this teenager in the seat next to him. And he hadn't said a word to them, you know, since they got on the plane and all of a sudden he leans over and he, he says, I need you to talk to me. I have anxiety. I have this, I have that. And this is freaking me out. And this is doing this to me. And they, they just, you know, looked at him. They said, we are here for you. We will talk to you. We are going. And they just started, you know, having a conversation and, and they let him know how much they cared about him. Wow, that's amazing. And it made this incredible difference. In, in instead of him tell, you know, going down this spiral, this trap of what happens to him mentally when he, he gets in these situations, he learned and he used the tools he had. He reached out, he said something and said, I need help. And then they responded. And I think today. If we would reach out to friends or to someone else to say, I need some help. I can't do this alone. Do you have anything, some tools, some ideas that might help me get through this grief, get through this? That's what life's about. I don't believe God sent us here to navigate these trails alone. No. He sent us here to connect and to love and to help one another on our journeys. And so thank you for doing what you are doing. Thank you for sharing your resources, your tools, and helping others navigate a journey that they do often feel so very alone. Because none of us grieve Exactly the same. 
And even though Mark and I were grieving, we still felt alone because we grieved so differently. And it took some understanding and some learning, someone else to help us to see. We had to reach out and ask for some help, some guidance. And now we want to pay it forward, just like you, to help others. So I love that who you've become, who you've allowed this tragedy to propel you into becoming and how you continue to heal. You continue to learn. And um, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Listeners, Peggy has an incredible story. And she's just touched the tip of things here. And I wish we had more time. And we may um, have you back if you would be willing to come back and maybe talk a little more in depth about this healing journey that you've, you've started to share with us. But in the meantime, listener, she has an incredible program. It's, she has a complimentary grief breakthrough session that she is offering to you, our listeners. And I will put this in the show notes. But if you simply text the word breakthrough to 719-789-6808, you'll receive a link to schedule a time together with Peggy. Friends, please remember that you do not need to go through life alone that we're here to um, to go through it together. And um, again, thank you, Peggy. Thank you. I appreciate being able to share this message. And, and really, if you're curious, want to know more, um, I would be honored to connect with you on that breakthrough session and really see how we can best help you to get where you want to be or even help you identify where you want to be because I've, I've been through it, done it. And, um, you know, I know what I've done has worked. Thank you. And I know what you've done has worked because I can see it in your eyes. You, you <laughs> can't, um, you can't pretend that look in your eyes. And, and so thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you've enjoyed our conversation with Peggy Green about suicide, about grief, about how we we um, can't cure everything. We can't control or we're not the cause. It's not our choice. And that we can discover life after losing a child and have that joy in our journey once again. Each of us have a story to share. Author Brene Brown reminds us that owning our story is the bravest thing you will ever do. The stories and experiences our guests share inspire us, as well as help us to grow and connect with others. We invite you to become a part of Karen the Load community through social media, as well as to share the site with those you know. We are stronger together. Keep Karen. Thank you.